We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, this is Stephen Haglin, the host of the Guilty as Charged podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. As always, we do appreciate any ratings, reviews, likes, subscribes, comments on any podcast platform, including YouTube. And I want to start today off by giving a shout out to one of our sponsors, The Backroom Collection. You can find him on Twitter at The Backroom C-O-L-2. Again, that's The Backroom C-O-L-2. Uh, he has been putting out some fire chargers prints, and I think any football fan should check him out and be able to upgrade their man cave, their workout you know, situation, their home office, their actual office. Check him out online, thebackroomcollection.net. If you use the code GAC, that's G-A-C, on your first purchase, you get 10% off. He is even going to be able to attend a Justin Herbert signing. He's got a bunch of Justin Herbert prints that he will have signed by the man himself. Again, use the code GAC for 10% off at thebackroomcollection.net. Thank you so much for supporting him and our show. That being said, let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by the Blue R Podcast Network. My name is Steven and I am your host. And for today, I am joined, uh, happy to be joined, I should say, by Mr. Brian Batko, who covers the Steelers for the Post-Gazette Sports, stationed in Pittsburgh. Brian, thanks for taking the time to join me today. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Steven. A lot of beard power on this podcast, so I like it. Yes, it is that time of the year. You know, winter is is much easier when you when you have a beard, so it's been fun. It's much um, easier when you're in LA too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Very true. California, you know, it was. I don't know if you saw this. It was 90 degrees for the Vikings game in LA last wow. week. So no, I didn't. I didn't uh, realize that. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty nice day here in Pittsburgh. We're up into like the mid 60s, so that is like a balmy day in in mid November here. There we go. I, I like it. So uh, whenever I have, uh, you know, our, our guests on, I always like to talk about the quarterback position first. Obviously, it is the most important position on the field. Um, so can you update our listeners on the status of Big Ben as we head into the week? Obviously, Mike Tomlin said that they are preparing for Mason Rudolph to start. But what's the latest with Big Ben's uh, COVID status as we head through the week? So the absolute latest, um, normally we talk to Ben every Wednesday morning around 9 a.m. our time or 10 a.m. our time. 
Um, you know, the reason I'm in my car now is because they canceled that this week. Obviously, he's he's not at the facility. He's not going to be uh, doing a media scrum with us. He's participating virtually in the meetings. Um, so they're going to practice here in about a half hour or so. They're going to you know give Mason Rudolph the bulk of the first team reps, if not all of them. I think he's firmly ahead of Dwayne Haskins in terms of the number two. Uh, which means if, yeah, Ben, if Ben has to miss again, if he continues to be symptomatic, if he doesn't get those two negative tests, which he was tested Tuesday, so he might have already gotten one. We don't know. Uh, if he's out again, it's it's going to be the Mason Rudolph show, for better or worse. Yeah, unfortunately for this one, you know, it, it seems like that we're heading for these teams not being at top-tier shape. We'll obviously get into uh, a little bit of the injuries and stuff like that, but um i'm curious to get your thoughts on you know what the the plan is going to be for mason rudolph because it seemed you know from an outsider's perspective that they didn't really change a whole lot this week for mason can we expect them to be a little bit more vertically inclined this week since uh it's going to be mason rudolph show as opposed to you know big ben and his uh you know superior age shall we say (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at this point, though, I mean, you watch some of the balls that, that Rudolph threw against the Lions, and I don't know that he has better arm talent, even compared to late-stage 39-year-old Ben. I mean, t- Mike Tomlin saying that they didn't change the game plan at all when they got that late news on Saturday that Ben was going to be out. I don't know if that was truth or more of just, I'm not going to throw our backup under the bus here and say, yeah, all of a sudden – we had to change everything we want to do. I mean, it didn't look like they changed it much. A lot of the complaints here in Western Pennsylvania are that uh, they, they threw it way too often against Detroit, a team that doesn't have a very good run defense in bad, cold, rainy weather uh, with a guy who hadn't played since the preseason. So I, I get all of that. Um, I still don't know that you want to fling the ball around too much if Rudolph is in there. Najee Harris has been this offense's best player, uh, hands down, regardless of position as a rookie first round pick. Um, but when other teams know you want to run the ball a lot, they'll gear up to stop that. So it's uh, it's a delicate balance the Steelers have to find. And they're working to do that, whether it's Rudolph in there or Ben Roethlisberger. So it's, it's it can only help Rudolph that he's going to get, you know, the scheme built around him this week. But we could see Ben come in with the Superman cape on uh, on Friday for practice or even without practicing at all this week and suiting up on Sunday still. Yeah, we've certainly seen that pattern emerge throughout Big Ben's career where he doesn't practice and then he still plays, looks great. So um, obviously something to keep an eye on there. You mentioned uh, Najee Harris. The other rookie uh, that the Steelers have right now is obviously Pat Fryermuth, who is having is also having a really good season. Um, who else is kind of standing out among the skill player positions? You know, I know Juju is hurt right now. Um, so what can Chargers fans expect in this one from the other skill players in this one? I think it's it should be a lot of quick, simple throws to Deontay Johnson and let him get a chance for some yak. I mean, that was their best offense last year when he led the team targets was seventh in the NFL. He's not the biggest guy, not the fastest straight line, but uh, really good getting off the line of scrimmage in and out of his breaks. I mean, he's he's always open if you want him to be. Uh, he only has one 100 yard game this year and he hasn't scored since week five, but uh, if Chase Claypool is, you know, not 100%, remember he missed last week with a toe injury, even if he's back, you know, are you going to get the traditional deep threat that he normally is? I don't know. So beyond that, uh, I, I think peppering Deontay Johnson with a lot of targets and uh, maybe letting him, you know, kind of throw short and run long 
that could be uh, you know a stream for the Steelers to to find some success because the receiver room went from a strength in the preseason with those three guys, Juju, Johnson, and Claypool, to a question mark all of a sudden. James Washington yeah. hasn't done a lot. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod is kind of you know he's just a returner for the most part, and yet he was you know, one of their their key cogs last week. So there's not a ton to worry about. It's, it's not your, your dad's Steelers in that sense with all sort of weapons on offense. Uh, they're, they're searching a little bit for somebody, uh, you know, to run this offense through when it's not Najee Harris. Yeah. Obviously I knew, you know, Juju was down and Claypool was down, but I, I was shocked last week to see that uh, Ray Ray McLeod had 12 targets or I think it might've been 13, but yeah, that was a I, mean, hey, I, I give him a little bit of credit. Like I thought he was basically useless as a pass catcher, to be honest. And, <laughs> You know, he, it's not like he was dynamic against the Lions, but at least he was reliable. Yeah. You know, he caught the ball and, and even converted, you know, moved the six a couple of times. So that's that's better than nothing, which is what a lot of people thought they were getting out of McLeod uh, offensively before that one. Well, that's uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. Obviously, the uh, the Steelers surprised a lot of people when they didn't go with the offensive line early. That kind of seemed like the, you know, the perceived right path for them, you know, they, they bring in Trey Turner and for the most part, it's a bunch of young guys up front outside of Turner. So how has that unit been gelling? I know obviously people are going to be interested in this one because Turner played on the chargers last year and was not very good. Um, So how has Turner looked for the Steelers and, and how has that unit really begun to gel over the last few weeks? Not only that, but Matt Filer is, has gone from Pittsburgh to LA. Um, So that's, you know, little bit of a swap there Turner for Filer I think the Chargers probably got the better of that one you know Turner hasn't been horrible but uh, he has allowed a sack here and there and this whole group has been really up and down inconsistent in the run game not only are the young guys like you pointed out Stephen but none of them are highly high pedigree guys you know the, yeah. the highest draft pick there's three third rounders in this group including mm. Trey Turner then there's a couple fourth rounders there's two rookies at center and left tackle I would say for my money, the two most important positions on any offensive line. So even when they take two steps forward, they take one step back. You kind of saw that the last couple of weeks, Um, you know, the pass protection was always a strength of the group Uh, previously when they were a veteran laden unit with David DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, Al Villanueva, even Matt Filer's in that category. Uh, I think the team's maybe gotten a little bit nastier with the youth um, and athleticism but uh, they're not quite as reliable protecting the passer. And uh, that's why you've seen Big Ben get hit a little too often for his liking so far this season. Yeah, I I definitely have seen that as well. Um, I want to shift gears and talk about the defense because obviously, you know, TJ Watt's health is is a big, you know, question mark in this one. Ian Rappaport said that he was going to miss a few weeks. Adam Schefter said that's not necessarily confirmed yet. Uh, have you guys gotten an update on TJ Watt? And if he does miss this matchup, what can we expect from uh, the other edge rushers on this one? We got a Mike Tomlin version of an update on TJ Watt, <laughs> which is we'll leave the light on for him. So, okay. uh, yeah, that doesn't shed a whole lot of, uh, of light, no pun intended, on that situation. <laughs> I mean, part of Tomlin's point, though, was TJ Watt is a guy that he, he can take zero practice reps throughout the week and they won't hesitate to put him out there on Sunday night if he's if he's feeling okay with those hip and knee injuries. I think you still want to be safe with him. That's what they did earlier this season when he missed one game because of a groin injury. He returned the following week. I don't think he was 100%. He was kind of gritting through it. So you got to be careful with your $110 million plus investment here as they will be with Watt. 
problem is beyond him, not a lot. I mean, Alex Highsmith, the second year guy, third rounder, he's been elevated to a starter this year after the loss of Bud Dupree. He's been okay at times and, you know, inconsistent at times, which is what you would expect uh, from a, a second year guy, especially one who was a comp pick in the third round. Then there's Taco Charlton, you know, a former first rounder himself. We haven't been exposed to him a ton. He's flashed a little bit here and there, but someone that uh, is, is going to be a huge drop off, obviously, from TJ Watt and even Melvin Ingram, who, remember, was here until the trade deadline. They, they would love yeah. to have him back right now, and maybe even he would like to be back, but he wasn't playing as much as he wanted. Yeah. So uh, it's it's getting thin at outside linebacker for the Steelers, and it'll be uh, perilously thin if, if Watt can't go in this one. Yeah, you mentioned Melvin Ingram. I think a lot of people obviously had this game circled in the preseason yeah. because of Melvin's return to Los Angeles. Maybe um, he just wanted to avoid the Chargers. Yeah. So Although I guess I mean, that he, won't he, work because he's gonna have to he's gonna have to see them. Yeah, he, he just delayed the return for a few weeks. But <laughs> right. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, you mentioned Matt Filer. I think Chargers fans and you know, myself included, have been incredibly happy with that addition. Um, the right guard spot has not been great. You know, our starter uh, is injured right now, so we're playing Michael Schofield. Um, and, you know, the Steelers have who I think is one of the most underrated defensive players in the league and Cam Hayward uh, in the interior. So what can what are you expecting from Cam versus his old teammate, Matt Filer, and potentially Michael Schofield in this matchup? Cam has just been so dominant this year. I mean, if you go back and watch the film, especially I noticed that the other night against uh, the Lions who were trying to run the ball so much. I mean, the double teams were just coming at him <laughs> in waves. He deals with that every week. He still finds a way yeah. to get penetration up front because he's just one of the strongest players in the league and he has one of the best bull rushes in the league. But it's also his hustle. I mean, you'll notice it when you watch Austin Eckler try to get to the second level. I mean, he chases down ball carriers even at – you know, six five, three hundred some pounds. So he yeah. he's thirty two, but I, I think he's having his best season in the league. And it, it is going to be fun to watch him match up with Matt Filer, a guy who was you know they called him anchor when he was here in Pittsburgh because he was just so steady and you know his pass sets were really reliable. It seemed like the the weird thing with Filer here at the end was you know he originally was playing right tackle and did a great job stepping in there. Then they moved him to guard in 2020, and it seemed like his play fell off a little bit, dealt with injuries here and there. And, you know, I don't think many people were second-guessing it when the Steelers let him walk in free agency for $7 million a year, but uh, he'd probably be their best lineman right now, to be completely honest, whether he was at guard or tackle. So uh, I always thought he was, a, you know, a good presence in that locker room. Doesn't say much, a man of very few words, but pretty good football player and a cool story being undrafted coming from a, a Division II PSEC school, as they call it here in, in Pennsylvania, but over on the eastern side of the state. Yeah, and you want to talk about a good beard. Matt Filer has a fantastic <laughs> beard. <laughs> yeah, he also lived right near me. Uh, I would drive, no like, when I would drive to work, yeah, I would sometimes see him in his driveway. Uh, I never approached because he's a little bit of an intimidating uh, presence, but he was always <laughs> yeah. nice enough when we would uh, go and talk to him in the locker room. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the Chargers, have, I mentioned the right guard, injury and they've had an injury right tackle as well with Brian Bulaga and a lot of us kind of expected you know when Bulaga went down that Filer would kind of kick back out there but um they've kept him at left guard next to Rashawn Slater and, and Corey Lindsley and it's just been 
you know, it's been incredible to watch them work. You can really tell that uh, Filer and Slater in particular have, you know, a really good thing going over there. So we've been very happy with that addition for sure. And Lindsley was the best free agent center on the market this year. You could, you know, second guess and say the Steelers should yeah. have gone out and spent on him to replace Marquise Pouncey. They went a different direction. Third round rookie Kendrick Green has showed promise at times, but he struggled at times. He had that snap uh, over the head of Mason Rudolph in overtime Sunday, which might have been the uh, goofiest, a lot of goofy play in that 16-16 tie. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a bizarre one for sure. But, um, yes, yeah, so we're very happy with Lindsay. You know, the offensive line has been, you know, very much improved so far. Uh, I want to wrap up our, you know, position-by-position position breakdown, talking about the secondary of the Steelers. Um, again, injuries, COVID, really kind of determining this one. Uh, what can you update us about Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden, arguably, arguably their two best players in that unit? Yeah, it, clearly their two best, I think. It's not even arguable. I mean, you've got a two-time All-Pro free safety who both of them kind of changed the complexion of the Steelers' secondary when they were acquired uh, a few years apart. But yeah. Mike Tomlin was was pretty down on Minka Fitzpatrick's status. He, he all but rolled him out when we talked to him yesterday, mm. uh, which is kind of unusual with, a, you know, from what I hear, Minka is vaccinated. So that would give him, unlike Joey Bosa, a little bit better chance to return by Sunday yeah. night. And yet uh, it sounds like the Steelers are, uh, are not expecting to have him for whatever reason. So it's also his birthday today too on Wednesday, which is, uh, oh, you don't want to have COVID on your birthday, but what, what yeah. are you going to do? Um, so the, he's going to be a huge loss. They, he hasn't missed the game since the Steelers traded for him in early 2019. He's always been back there in the deep center field portion of the defense. And I don't know who they're going to replace him with. Maybe Trey Norwood, uh, a seventh round pick mm. this year, who's been kind of a Swiss army. He's played a little bit more slot corner than he has deep safety. And occasionally when he does rotate there, you know, Mink is still in the game anyway and just kind of up in the box. So he's an option. Carl Joseph, former Raider, first-round pick. He's an option. He's on the practice squad, though. Uh, he's only played, like, two defensive snaps all year, one game when they called him up. So, I yeah. guess, you know, you, you maybe feel a little bit better plugging a veteran there. But uh, it's it's going to be tough for them to, to adjust their defense on the fly without someone who's been uh, lacking in the takeaway department this year. But, you know, uh, someone that you still feel really good about flying all around the field. And Joe Hayden, he seemed a little bit – maybe more optimistic in, in terms of injuries, but a midfoot sprain that could go either way. It's going to depend how much practice he can get in this week. James Pierre would take his place. He was undrafted last year. He's more of a long rangy corner, uh, but he is susceptible to getting beat deep here and there. So uh, if he's on Mike Williams a lot, that could be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, I, you know, it, it's, Funny, obviously, fans are like, oh, like, so-and-so is going to be out. Like, that's a big advantage. And it's like, I always like to see these teams come in and be healthy and be 100%, especially on Sunday Night Football. You want to see the best of the best go at it. You know, we had the the Duck Hodges game on Sunday Night Football a few years ago, and it's like – It was fun I mean, in its own course, right. Yeah, right. But yeah. <laughs> not for us. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, so it was a fun story around here for sure, yeah. the fact that he uh, – and then, you know, he ended up getting uh, more starts later in the season, which – yeah. weren't as fun but uh but that night was pretty crazy and, and i guess it was still san diego at that point right uh it was carson or no it was yes. la yeah yeah it was carson so that was the the soccer stadium unfortunately yeah, um right. so well, it wasn't so far yeah yeah not so far yet um so far is incredible are you going to the game by chance are you guys coming out uh no i'm gonna stay home for this one but uh you know hopefully to get out there maybe for the super bowl who knows <laughs> not saying that necessarily the steelers <laughs> will be in it but uh, if yeah. I get a chance to go out to, to L.A. to cover it, that would be cool. Yeah, 
Well, Brian, this has been great, man. I want to get your final thoughts here on just kind of the, how you view the Steelers, you know, like holistically in the AFC, obviously I always, no one knows. Right. But like, what do you make of the Steelers right now in their current standing in in this conference and potentially uh, winning that division or what do you make of them overall? They're such a difficult team to forecast. I I guess that's not unique right now in 2021 with any single team in the NFL, let alone the AFC or even the playoff contender teams in the AFC. But I mean, you just look at them started 11 and 0 last year. I don't think anybody saw that coming and I don't think anybody thought they were really that good. And and it turned out that they weren't, I mean, they won the AFC North, but uh, it was almost a Pyrrhic victory with the way they, they slid at the end. So I think they're just kind of in that second tier of jumbled up teams that, you know, best case scenario, they get in the playoffs and, maybe win a game that they shouldn't knock off somebody and make some noise. But I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger is still playing at a high enough level for them to win it all. It, for the longest time, it was the exact opposite. It was holes all around the roster. And you just said to yourself, as long as they have been, they still have a shot at hoisting the Lombardi trophy. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. And yet, you know, it seems like whoever stays the healthiest by the end of it might have a shot at this thing. So uh, I don't think they're on the Bills, Titans level. I still think the Chiefs are going to find that. Maybe I'm just a prisoner of the moment, but uh, I don't think they're there. I think they're more bunched up with uh, the, the Patriots and, and the Chargers and the Raiders in that next tier. And I still think yeah. talent-wise, the Ravens are the best overall team in the AFC North. But uh, you know, it's always a good game when those two teams play, so they still have to face each other twice. Steelers have to mm-hmm. face the Browns and Bengals one more time each. And We'll see how things shake out in what is, uh, you know, one of the best divisions in football, uh, if not the best. Yeah, absolutely going to be a a wild ride down the stretch for uh, both of these teams. Brian, can't thank you enough for your time today. Where can Chargers fans find your work if they want to get some uh, Steelers intel ahead of Sunday Night Football? So it's uh, www.post-gazette.com. You can find the Steelers page pretty easily under sports there. Uh, we also have a podcast that goes up every Friday, like morning, late morning, maybe early afternoon, uh, previewing that week's game and just kind of talking Steelers, uh, me and my beat partner, Ray Fittipaldo. So definitely check that out uh, sometime between Friday and Sunday night. Uh, it's usually only like 25 minutes, so it's a pretty breezy, easy listen. And I'm on Twitter at just my name, B-R-I-A-N-B-A-T-K-O, Brian Batko. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, man. Thank you. Can't thank you enough. Yep. Have a good one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.